Welcome to Racing Only Better. This is day one preview of Goodwood, the Goodwood Festival, Glorious Goodwood, Qatar Goodwood Festival, whatever you want to call it. This is day one. We're going to get stuck into the first six races on an eight race card with the usual gang, thank goodness, of Dan Barber. How are you, Dan? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Lee. Good, good. Kevin Blake, you got back from Ascot. Okay, you're like a traveling circus these days. Yeah, grand. Back home for today and off again tomorrow. Can't beat yeah. it. We're lucky to have Kevin with us because when I dropped in to see him at Ascot yesterday at the Sky Sports Racing Press position, I reminded him that we were on a podcast today and his reaction was, are we? So we're just lucky that he's with us at this stage. And Tony, how are you? Having a good weekend? Yeah, my, uh, my grandson's first birthday yesterday, so we had a party for him. So yeah, that went well. Very Happy nice, birthday. very nice. Okay, well, let's crack straight on. Uh, race number one, the 150 at Goodwood on Tuesday, kicks off the five-day meeting, and it's a very competitive 10-furlong handicap. Dan, just fine, is currently at the top of the market, but it's a wide-open market. That's for Ryan Moore and Michael Stout, this horse who has been pretty consistent all season in these sort of races, and as a result, the handicapper hasn't really relented very much with him, Dan. No, I don't think there's a migration in this year's race. If you remember that horse, David Monissier's horse, who absolutely obliterated them, came down the outside. But the horse who got closest to beating migration 12 months ago goes again. That's Caradoc, and he's been given a chance by the handicapper. I think he's a bit he's a bit Caradoc, isn't he, really? He needs things to drop right um, and probably isn't the most straightforward, but he's got... He's going to have loads of pace to chase. I'm just going to back him each way, Caradoc, in the belief that they'll go hard. And as we know at this place in big fields, you're completely at the mercy of getting a run and, and luck. But if he can get the breaks, maybe bring him out wide. I think he'll I think he'll finish. Um, he's well handicapped now. He's down to 94. Okay, Caradoc for you for the Ed Walker team. Richard Kingscote on top. Um, Tony, this is one of the races that is playing paying five places on the Betfair sports book. Are you looking at something to fill the places or have you got a winner for us here? No, I'm going to go win only, and uh, oh. I'm agreeing with Dan. Um, it's oh. obviously in a race like this, um, obviously Goodwood Mile 2 uh, from an inside draw, it's just right for a hard luck store, isn't it? And if you get stopped in your run at Goodwood, you can just like coast home. So I don't, even with the five places, I'm looking win only, but Caradoc is, stands out. He's run twice here, second on both occasions, and as, as Dan said, second to migration last year. A measure of the task he had there is migration went on, and one off an eight-pound higher mark at York next time. Um, he's actually two-pound lower here. Uh, that was on heavy ground last year. It's going to be good, maybe good to firm uh, at Goodwoods, uh, but that's no problem. He's very ground versatile. In fact, the, the heavy ground run was a, a standout in an otherwise sea of good, good, good to firm performances. As Dan said, he hasn't won since September 2019, but he's got a massive chance. I mean, that run at York last time, he got no run whatsoever. Um, hopefully that's a key to this race. Uh, brilliant night finish, fifth in it, just fine finish six. And um, yeah, I spoke to Ryan just earlier on. His column's already up on betting.betfair for Tuesday. Um, you know, brilliant night. It hasn't been dropped in the weights at all, but just fine and Caradoc have both been dropped two pounds. And if you go back and have a look at that York run, you can really give you up just fine uh, an equally good chance as well. But for me, Everything just fits into Caradoc. He just needs a half-decent run-through, but given his profile, it may not happen, so that's why I'm playing win-only, and I think eight one's a very fair price. Okay, surely, Kevin, you're not going to complete the treble here with the Caradoc nod, are you? 
Ah, lads, you've got the right piece of form, but you've got the wrong horse. <laughs> the, the one that finished in front, Mok Tassab, for my friend and yours, Harry Redknapp. Um, Sandra will be delighted. She'll be lashing on the crumpets after this. <laughs> <laughs> because he, Bloody he's crumpets. It's such a bad advert. I work for Sky Sports Racing and I don't want to watch the channel because of Sandra and her bloody crumpets. Okay. The worst is that golf one where he says he won't take long. I don't think he's very good. Well, if you're not very good, it'll take about eight hours. <laughs> it around. That is, that is, I picked up on that as well. Unless he's so shy, he gives up after four holes. Yeah. It's not oh, people Okay, Kevin, show uh, us your work quickly. I didn't mean a full mean for a full discussion on Sandra's crumpets, but you're looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's an interesting horse, this fella. Owen Burroughs had him originally for Shadowell. He was, he was a big price here and very well-bred horse, and uh, he switched up to William Knight. Um, winning start at Newbury, went to beat Caradoc at, at, um, at Goodwood um, over this course and distance. And look, he's just a very straightforward ride, which is always nice around here. Um, like you'd, you'd ideally like to be a couple of nudges lower, but I think he'd be fine. He's got good gate speed and he'll get up and he'll get handy. Since then, he went to Epsom, like really, like notably hated the place. Did, didn't act around there at all. And um, they tried him up in trip um, for the Duke of Edinburgh. But he had a low draw there. And we know that you don't really want low draws over a mile and a half at Ascot. Um, and he finished mid-div there. But look, back to Goodwood, back to this course and distance. I think he could resume his progression. He's only going to be three pounds higher than when Molly Whop and Caradoc, and I think he might be able to do it again. Okay, well, don't forget, everyone, paying five places on the sportsbook in that first race at Goodwood, so plenty of value to be had. Let's move on to the vintage stakes, the group two. First, the group action over the seven furlongs for the two-year-olds. Uh, so many nice horses in here. Charlie and Mark Johnson have got two unbeaten horses coming in here, two from two for their runners. But, of course, Holloway Boy is at the top of the market currently with Betfair at about 15 to 8 as things stand. The big shock winner at Ascot, Dan, Um yeah, 40 to 1. We'll never see him go off that price again. But was that just a fluke? Surely not. Surely that wasn't just a fluke. Um, I sort of feel it. Well, I've never seen SPs like those 40s, 80s, and 33s. Wasn't the, the Tricast pay something like 60 grand or something? Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely just, just outrageous. <laughs> um, well, we, we, we've got a pretty recent form clue because two of the horses that ran in that Cheshire, we were in the frame, Finch Charm and Perlin Path, have both been beaten since they both finished last, in fact, and they were among the big prices that were involved in that finish. I'm just not a believer at this point. Massive respect for the train. I think he's brilliant with his two-year-olds. He unleashes one later on the card, I suspect, to be pretty sharp. But no, I just... I just it just felt too good to be true doing that first time out, and also it was a massive effort first time out. How will he? How will he back it up even five weeks on? I thought um, I thought Dark Thirty was perfectly solid. I'll probably try and back him each way. Hope hope eight stand the ground. We've got nine at the moment. Hope we get the three places. Proven at the trip. Um, had only three runs. He's not got the flashiest profile compared to some, but he looked pretty solid to me on the back of that that new market run. Yeah, Dark 30, definitely the one with a bit more experience in here against a few of these. But Kevin, am I not right in saying that you really liked Holloway Boy in the paddock beforehand? I know that's an after-time in Clang, but somebody <laughs> on our channel did, and I, I want to think it might have been you. Yeah, like every every time you walked around, he kept catching my eye, and I kept, it was in the pre-parade before the numbers on, and I kept glancing down, what's that? And he kept popping up, and like, ah, newcomer, no chance. Look at um, me concentrating on what you were saying. On well done, yeah, nearly forgot, yeah. forgotten myself, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> But I, I'd be inclined to think that it mightn't have been as good as it looked until he proves otherwise. 
And okay. it, it was a very kind of oddly run race um, from memory. I think they went steady and they kind of got racing early. And like the, the poor old purling pass kind of hit the front, looked like he couldn't get beat. And um, then the, the winners come and got him late, having been ridden very quietly. Purling Path did nothing for the form. And the other day at Leopardstown finished stone last. Um, and it's, it, it was just a funny race. You know, Finn's charm was smashed up as well there um, yesterday at Ascot, the fourth. I'm just sceptical about it. Um, and I think Charlie and Mark Johnson have a very strong hand here because I actually like both of theirs. Um, dear my friend and Dorna Castle, they're both unbeaten, um, both particularly good on the clock. Um, Dorna Castle on debut and dear my friend last time, and, and dear my friend is the one I'm giving preference to. Um, like did really well. It's worth watching his debut at Carlisle. Like, I don't know how he won over the six, really. He was kind of beat everywhere and managed to pull it out of the fire. And then they went up and trip at Beverly. He knew much more, um, jumped out, made the run, and won really well. Um, like I'd say, he's going to be more of a kind of a 10 furlong horse for next year. Um, but I do like him a, a lot now. Um, and look, Goodwood can be tricky for these inexperienced two-year-olds, but I'll take my chance on him. And I think it's, it's a race with a lovely shape to it. Nine runners, a fav that you can draw stones at. Um, yeah, a good race, I think. And dear, my friend is the one I like. Okay, where are you going to see in this? Yeah, I, I go with dear, my friend. Uh, oh. The, obviously, I think it was really impressive at Beverly last time under a six-pound penalty and, um, you know, did it ridiculously well. The form's not all that. Uh, the third's come out and got stuffed a similar length next time. But um, just the time performance, the ease of the victory, just the manner of it just screamed, uh, you know, a, a maybe well, well worth trying in this kind of grade. I mean, there are negatives. Um, there's a stable mate, similar profile, goes forward. They're both drawn five and six and... Presumably, one's going to be told. One of them is going to be told. If you both jump off on terms, you know they're not going to fight it out together, are they? So, who, who, the favoured one who gets on the lead if they both jump well? Uh, so you don't know what's going to happen there. And also, Dark Thirty could well go forward from stall one. So there could be plenty of competition for the pace. But yeah, I mean, after Beverly, it's interesting. Holloway Boy, I, I hope he wins because it looks like, unless he's sold in the next four hours, looks like. They've obviously declined all the offers for the horse that horses that must have come in. They must have had some big figures uh, bandied around trying to buy Holloway. Huge, you think? Yeah. Well, now I'm utter speculation now, but there is a partner, and they could well have just refused all the offers. But there's also a possibility that they could have got a deal done, and like he he, he didn't pass the bet or the, or the money didn't arrive, or you know, there's kind of all sorts of circumstances that could have played out. I'm sure we we might get some word on it from connections um, after. I'm sorry, before even, but yeah, there, there would have been big, big money knocking around. So it'd be fascinating okay. to hear what happened. Like I said, it's, uh, it's totally win, but like I said, I spoke to Ryan earlier and obviously he rode Alfred Munnings in that Chesham. He's not, he was not sold on performance and he pointed out like you, like you two have, it's like you know, the form just hasn't worked out. So even though the time figure suggests and the manner of the victory suggests he's a very good horse. Oh Lord. There are doubts. Okay, so we're questioning Holloway Boy's form. We want to see him do it twice, but like Kevin said, it's a fascinating renewal of the race, the way it's set up. Um, Tony's gone to check what Cal the alarm is. Cal's going on. Was going yeah. <laughs> Somebody's right. put a brick through Calvin's winter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the Lennox Stakes, guys. 
over the seven furlongs. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I did I just mark up. My head will be sticking out the top of me. Like, like the flint, like yeah, the Flintstones. Just Let's move on. Let's move on. The Lennox Stakes over the seven furlongs. For me, another fascinating race, quickly following the last one. Sacred here at the top of the betting as things stand. Obviously, fifth in the Platinum Jubilee when we last saw her. Um Loads of interesting types in here. Pogo's having a terrific season. I'm going to just put an early shout out there for Sandrine, if anyone wants to join me. Uh, I just think her form is better than the figures suggest. The drop to seven furlongs, I think, on the latest evidence will suit her. She's travelling so well in new markets. Uh, dropped down to Group 2 company today, and I just think she might be the forgotten horse somewhat. She's about a 12 to 1 shot as things stand. She gets weight all around, being the three-year-old filly in this. And she was the one who caught my eye of interest. Dan Barber, do you agree with me in, on any I, level? I can totally see that at double figures, um, remembering as well what a good two-year-old she was. But um, I'm nicking a bit of wisdom from a colleague of mine. David Johnson put me on to Lane Cash as a possible for the Lennox when it ran at Chester. Swept around the whole field. I know people know I'm, I like this horse a lot anyway. He should have beaten Pogo when they met on his return. Just got edged out. Pogo's raised his game again, and he, in fact, he upheld that form. Lane Cash didn't fire that day at Newmarket, but in a stronger run race at seven, I think this is absolutely what this horse wants. And he's going to get that, isn't he? Pogo's in four. Uh, Lord of the Lodge is in 11, so he's going to have to do some work to get across. He'll run out of petrol. Him and Pogo hopefully get hooked up, and we can see Lane Cash sweep wide and late. Okay, one for Lane Cash, one for Sandrine and me. Um, Tony, Sacred's going to surely appreciate this step back to the seven furlongs. Really, it, it's it's what she wants now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, got a load of form in the Nelgwyn and the Hungerford, beating really good horses over seven. Stayed on really well when uh, when fifth in the Platinum Jubilee. So fully deserves, I think the, some of the twos were being snapped up earlier on. We are recording this on Sunday afternoon. So I can fully see that. Um, the other horse being backed uh, on Sunday morning and early Sunday afternoon is, is your Sandrine. Sandrine was 22s in about three or four places earlier, general 20s. Now as short as 12s. Um, and you can definitely see that as well, can't you? Uh, stepping back from Group 1 company over a mile. You know, obviously, the Chiefly Park third over six furlongs. You just think the, the seven furlongs could just be ideal. So maybe the angle into this, when the without markets come in, I do like Sacred and I do think she'll take the beating. But maybe... Maybe Sandrine without the favourite uh, could be the, the way to play this. And you might be looking around about these seven, eight to one mark and you can play that each way on the uh, Betfair, uh, each way uh, without market on the, uh, with the sports book. So that could be the angle there. OK, like it. A bit of a nod towards Sandrine for me and Tony then. Kevin, where are you going? Uh, million to one. Sir Dancelot. <laughs> um, he, won, he won the race in 1890 and ran well in it in 20. Um, he missed a fair bit of time. Um, and has switched to John Butler. But I tell you what, like there was a fair old sign of life last time at Ponty. Like it was a handicap. He was running off 103, but he ran really well. And you know, with his record in this race, that John Butler, since he's got him, it wouldn't be a shock at all if he's just been absolutely and utterly target training him for this. And if he can come on again from Ponty, which represented a good step up from his reappearance, like he's got to be 50 to one probably or 66 to one. And it just wouldn't be a shock to me if he managed to run on late and slip into the frame. Like really, like it'd be a sensation if he won, but it just wouldn't be the worst outsider you'll back all year, I think. Yeah. Okay, bit of an outside swing. Right, let's move on to the big one, guys, the Goodwood Cup. 
the group one on the day over the two miles and all eyes will be on Stradivarius and Andrea Atzeni. Obviously, Stradivarius going for his fifth win in the race. He's unbeaten at Goodwood. And of course, we so nearly saw him go last time and he got withdrawn at the 11th hour. Andrea Atzeni back on board today after all, this day after all the Dettori drama. We don't need to go into that. But can he make it a fifth win on the bounce, Dan? I was looking back and it's shocking. He won his first Goodwood Cup in 2017. I can't even remember what I was doing in 2017 it feels a million years ago yet there's Stradivarius just coming back for more you were still in your 30s I I can't quite recall that I can't quite recall the whole Frankie Gosman thing can we do a full recap just before we do with this race (laughs) 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 hasn't got enough attention guys Uh, yeah Dan uh, are you with or against him basically well he's I'm saying he's unbeaten on him isn't he um, so I, I don't see, that, and he's obviously steered him to success in this race twice. His Goodwood record is absolutely outstanding, isn't it? He just oh. always fires here. He's just been a tremendously reliable horse. If they and, let him run, yeah, they let him run. Yeah, if yeah. they let him run, yeah. And obviously we've got it's the same. You might as well repeat what we said about the the Ascot race. You've got this this Trucian oh. uh, thing ho- hovering over us again, unlikely to run on good to firm ground, but he's in the market. I just don't think you can have a strong view until until he's exited stage left, as I guess he will. Okay, well, we'll have to wait for him to be withdrawn at the 11th hour then and see if Tradoveris <laughs> actually lines up. Uh, Kevin, do you have a stronger view on this, please? Yeah, I can't wait till we rip up all these horrible turf tracks and lay all weather tracks everywhere, Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I welcome our polytrack overlords. Stradivarius, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, his win record around here is brilliant, obviously, but I don't know if he loves it around here. Like every oh. time he, he keeps winning, but every time he every time he's won, he's kind of half fallen. And for me, um, and like he, he is twenty five years of age now, um, and Trushan <laughs> like probably probably isn't going to run, which is a pity. Love the horse, but Chase is a bit tedious. This every time he gets declared and um, Barrett Newcastle. Um, look, I, I thought Kiprios. You know, I don't think the way the race that Gold Cup panned out was really what he would have wanted. It was a messy old race, and he managed to win anyway. Um, I have a big regard for him. Look, he's probably going to end up going off odds on once this field gets sorted out. But um, I, I did think he was he was going to be very very tough to beat. Um, and even if Trushan ran, I don't think Goodwood's really for him either. All the switchbacks and he Holly did really well to win on him there a couple of years ago because he just he's a horse that you need to get get into a slot and get him relaxed. And uh, with Goodwood and all the in and out. It um it, it's messy for him. So um we'll see who lines up, but Kiprios is gonna is gonna take some beating anyway, I think. Okay, and Tony, what what about you in this? Any any vote for Coltrane? Wonder if he's sort of the improver and the forgotten one in here against the other proven performers. Yeah, just another thing on the ground. The ground's currently good, good to firm in places, and they've been watering to replace the moisture daily. So I don't know how much they've been putting on. Courses really should tell us. Uh, and there are some showers around on Monday, so it's it's not. It's not an absolute certainty that True Chance can be pulled out, but one of the most odd pieces of pricing I've seen actually with this when the I had to do a double take on it. I mean, I think I thought it might be 15 to 4, and my eyes were playing up. When the um sportsbook opened up the prices on this on Sunday morning, late on Sunday morning, they made True Shan a 15 to 2 chance. Now, considering you're going to get your money back if he doesn't run, and if he does run, he is going to be as he is at the moment, three to one. Going 15 to 2 was a bizarre take. Um, obviously, I think he's. I think he's. You know, he's he, he's the second favourite in the race. If he runs, uh, I think Kipros is m- by far the most likely winner. I'll take on Strad all day long at the 
well, I won't lay him, but I'm happy to take him out of the equation at his current price. And like you said, Coltrane, he's on a real big uh, progression curve, isn't he? I mean, that Sandown win last time was massively impressive. He's gone from an Ascot stakes win of 98 to winning that Sandown listed race by 10 lengths. And yeah, the way he's I a may, big improver. Yeah, the, my, the way I may look to play this again when the without markets come out, I might just, true Shan probably won't run. Stradivarius, I'm happy to take on the price. I'll be looking to maybe play, you know, Coltrane around about maybe, maybe three to one, seven to two, um, without uh, without Kiprios the favourite. So, yeah, that's that's the way I look to play it, Coltrane. But I, I've set myself a kind of a bar of about seven to two. That might be a bit optimistic, but that's the way I'm going to play it. Okay, a vote for the improver then in the group one. Uh, let's move on to the four ten. This is the sprint handicap over the five furlongs. Class two, it's for naught to one hundred five horses. Celsius is up at the top of the betting at four to one. I mean, as you would expect in this sort of race, it is a wide open. Uh, Tom Clover in great form. This horse, I think, went off favourite, didn't he? Down in this race two years ago, off a mark of nineties, back for more now, and he's been capitalising Celsius on this falling handicap mark all season thus far. Anyway, yeah, I hadn't picked up on that. That's a good point. So there's, there is there is some previous. Um, I wondered if. Atalis Bay may tempt Kevin, just, you know, the class angle. He's giving seven pounds away. Um, three of them are out of the handicap. They're going to go bonkers, though, aren't they? Ornate, as we know, he's got one way of going. Atalis Bay similar. I thought Knight on Earth had Goodwood written all over him, the horse watcher's horse. He's very quick, him. Um, and the handicap has really cut him some slack. He's got him down to 89 now. He's sort of edged down. I was looking at a two-pronged attack on this. Night on earth because of the speed angle. And then in case they go too hard, as is possible, Lord Ridiford to repeat last year's win because he's slipped in the weights himself. He hasn't been firing, but I can't imagine his last two or three runs have been the target at all. I guess they've been building up to a return to Goodwood. Okay. And Kevin, where, where are you where are you looking in this? Yeah, I'm gonna go with my old pal at Talis Bay. Oh, there um, you go. Dan yeah, can read you so well. Yeah, because we, we, we spoke about him last time. I was kind of half looking at him last time, first run since Gelding, and, and I didn't go with him, but I thought he shaped much better there. Like Robert Cowell, you, you couldn't say has been in brilliant form for a while now. Like they're showing signs of life. He's had a winner the other day, but I don't think they're in rattling form yet, but it's possibly coming. And uh, this horse, it was much more like it last time. Um, shaped up well there, got a bit messed about late on. And I just think a fast five, I don't think it has to lead. Um, I think like the piece of form you keep coming back to is um, that close third to, to Mondamage and Copper Knight at Haydock last year off a mark of 103. You know, if he comes back to that sort of form off 98, he's going to be right there, you know. And I think he'll be grand. He's drawing middle. I think he'll be grand just, just rocking away there and there'll probably be a few faster than him and he'll follow him up. And yeah, like I think I'm um, hopeful he'll be in the mix. I've uh, been looking forward to seeing him at the likes of Goodwood now because he's a, he's a fast old boy. Okay, Kevin Blake's so predictable that Dan Barber can even make his selections for him. Um, but Tony, Tony, you're less predictable. Where are you going? Oh, I'm very predictable. I'm, I'm going with Stone of Destiny again. I, I, um, <laughs> I vowed I vowed not to get with him last time. I backed him each way last time. And get with him? Wow. He, um, I get, he I met lowering the tone, Ryle. He, sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, um, yeah, I just think, I just think, look, he's handicapped to do some... If he comes back to anything like his best, and he didn't get a clear run at Ascot last time, being charitable. Uh, he's down to a mark of 84 now. I mean, last year he was at this meeting. They ran him in the Group 2 King George, uh, and he was rated 104 then. He was only beating seven lengths. Now, he's come down to a mark of 84. 
Harry Davis is taking off another five pounds. So if you think Davis is worth his five pound claim, and, and you know, plenty of people do, then you could say he's effectively racing off 79 here, which, you know, even if he's, his runs early in the season, it'll absolutely shit up here if he comes back feeling like that. And uh, granted, he hasn't run his best in his last two starts, but um, yeah, I mean, the cheap piece is another good angle with a horse. Um, Balding's nine from 64 in recent years, which is a very good strike rate with, with, um, with any first time headgear. And I think Davis on board, I mean, he, he, there was a horse early in the season that me and Kepa, I think, both times shined so bright in, with the same trainer and the same owner. Uh, and that was in a first-time hood. And that is a really tricky horse. And he finessed that to, you know, two wins from two. And I'm just wondering where, with the headgear, with Davis on board, giving a quiet ride in a race that, they, you know, they're going to go really hard. Uh, a similarly kind of like patient ride that he's done on Shine So Bright on this horse. I think could could well see him take advantage of a, a ridiculously generous handicap mark if he comes back to anything like his best, even at the start of the season, his Epsom runs, etc. So the 14s has gone, the 12s has gone, but I, I set myself a base price of, of 10 to 1. If he's still that with the sports, but with an extra place. I'm playing him when only, but uh, the sports book are playing an extra place. But yeah, so one last hurrah for Stone of Destiny. Okay, Stone of Destiny for you. I, I haven't had ample time to ask you, by the way, how disappointed you were that you didn't back Sabuska at the weekend, Tony. Oh, Nelly, done, <laughs> done in Dubai honour as well. I, I tell you what, oh, right, right, right. the pain I, I felt was, for you, Tony. Oh, I was at, um, <laughs> I was at um, Rome's per- party in, in the middle of the country um, at, um, at his other grandparents' house. <laughs> and I backed bless him in the race before. Uh, and obviously I was filthy <laughs> and then I didn't I know I got way late and I didn't watch the Dubai Honor race uh, and then, but then I managed to get some signal I just got the result oh Dubai Honor second to Sebaska <sighs> then I looked at then I looked at the, the distance and it was a nose uh, and I went oh then I looked at the race and I thought that's <sighs> Uh, yeah, how trust did that me. not win? How did it not win? Right again. Uh, trust me when I say, Tony, I don't often think of you outside doing these podcasts, no offence, but, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't. But even I, even I thought of you. I was stood watching that race at Ascot, and I thought as soon as it got in the scrummaging match and then hit the line, I thought, oh, Tony. Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Twist would have blushed yeah. at the amount it's of like seconds we had the bollocks. You get, you get done with a right testicle, and then, and then the next thing you get done with a left, so you've got the <laughs> You got the full set. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Let's just have a quick mention of the maiden, Kevin Blake, the six furlong maiden at 4.45. A load of unknowns in here. Um, Mischief Magic, I think, is the favourite as things stand for Godolphin. Just had the one start over the course and distance and was third. Um, but Balding's Celtic champion, I think I, I'm hoping Andrew Balding might have a good day on the first day of Goodwood. Uh, that Windsor form, the third at Windsor, that looks rock solid. The second and the fourth have won on their next starts. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Celtic champion. In, in this actually yeah so the reason that they're showing this race on ITV is it's because it's it's worth 30 grand like it, it's one of those it's like the, the Goodwood equivalent to the, the convivial maiden um, at, at Newmarket and, it's, it's, and it's, it's something it's something when they're making a big play about 15 grand to the winner race on ITV on a group on a group one card <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. What are they but doing? Well, you've got two double field handicaps here in the card. They're showing this rubbish. Is it for I'm jump looking, jockeys look, as well? Stop. Oh, Don't get me started. I'm looking forward to this. This is this is a really nice race on paper. Um, and the two, the two Vanessa mentioned, Mischief Magic and Celtic Champion, they, they both represent like particularly strong bits of maiden form. Um, or novice form even, and uh, I'd, I'd give marginal preference to, to Celtic champion or Celtic champion, 
Um, that was a lovely run. Like completely blew the start. Um, didn't travel all that well. Um, but but came home really nicely. Very considerate, hands and heels ride, and just got a little bit tired late on. Um, the form, as Vanessa says, has been working out really well, and it just looks a bit more as it should be. Whereas with the Godolphin horse, he debuted like ten weeks ago. Where's he been? What's gone wrong? Um, would be my questions there. So uh, Celtic champion, Celtic champion will do for me in what's a really interesting race and a very welcome addition to the ITV racing schedule. And I can't wait to cover it myself. <laughs> okay. He's obviously on ITV tomorrow, then, if he's not kicking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah he yeah. is. Exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's a regular race, genuinely. I, I, love, I love these races. Uh, Let no, you look, form to go on. Look, you've got 12 of them. 12 of the field haven't raced more than twice. You've got seven newcomers. You know, we're meant to be kind of like putting on a show for bookmakers and punters, and you've got two double field handicaps on the end of the card, and you're showing this. It's so full of unknowns that you get half the interest that the handicaps are. So it's a curious one. But okay. one thing I want to ask you is I mean, Celtic champion, Celtic champion is a half brother to Draken symbol. And he he went quite, I know he went for 150 at the Breeze Ups, but he only went for 50 grand last October, 57 grand last October. So that looks cheap. Yeah, Vanessa would know the horse, I assume, but a day would have been very, very commercially in trouble at the time. He was subsequently sold to Italy. Uh, but you'd know this horse, I assume, Vanessa, would you? Yeah, yeah. Well, very sort of from a distance. He was prepped at um he was prepped at the farm that I spend a lot of time at, basically. And you know, he wouldn't be a it's not that he's an imperfect physical specimen, but he wouldn't exactly take your eye out basically and obviously uh you know it, like touched upon a day at the time and yeah he look he was relatively inexpensive given his pedigree page but i wouldn't i think i want to call him a bit plain a touch plain okay. just not that classy or an individual and a bit plain a little bit small but nothing too far wrong with him and he was actually a one to practice was that me you were describing <laughs> is, that, is that a Forrest Gump line? Hampton is or Hampton does or something like that. It, yeah, yeah. Um, Dan, you don't have a view on this maiden, do you, before we move on quickly? Uh, I thought William Knight's horse shaped really well, Chartwell House. And I suspect the um, as I said earlier, the Carl Burke horse is probably probably a bit of a, a sharp one, given he's got such a good record with two-year-olds and it's his main owner. But no, I'll be sitting this one out, obviously. Okay, and Kevin, before we do our naps, uh, any mention for the action over at Galway? Obviously, we're not covering Galway, focusing on Goodwood this week mainly, but we will look at the Galway hurdle and the Galway plate later on in the week. But uh, uh, day two of their meeting, any any interest anywhere? Yeah, the Connacht Hotel handicap, right race as always. It's an amateur handicap over, over two mile one. Uh, fiercely, fiercely competitive. And Willie Mullins, just as if it wasn't difficult enough, he's, he's thrown in this filly that, uh, that won the Swedish St. Ledger and, um, and subsequently changed hands for, for a fair few quid, like 100, 165 grand uh, by Camelot. And she's rocking up here for her Irish debut. So she, she's really interesting to Barry O'Neill up. But uh, I draw the eye to Linwood Gold. Um, trained by Henry de Bromhead, um, ran in this race last year for Jessica Harrington and it's worth watching back, just completely blew the start. And I don't know how he managed to finish fifth in the end. Um, you know, gets in here off, uh, off a slightly lower mark, or sorry, off the same mark. And um, I imagine new connections will have, our new trainer certainly would have been campaigning with a view to this and had a lovely run at Killarney um, there only a couple of weeks ago. And John Gleeson, who was a very promising young amateur, takes the ride. And yeah, I thought he was interesting. 
Okay, little mention for Galway there, but let's rattle through our naps, guys. Uh, Sandrine, for me, please, in the Lennox. Uh, do I do that as, a, as an each-way shout? I probably do, really, at the prices as things stand currently, but I'm sticking with the filly in that. Uh, Tony, where are you going for your nap? Uh, so one or two, um, Caradoc in the opener. Oh. Okay, a couple of votes for Caradoc. Plenty of strength behind the opinions on him. Uh, Dan, what about you? Day one, Goodwood nap, please. Caradoc in the opener. Bloody oh, hell. Oh, can, I have a, can I back him each trailer though, because I'm cowardly? And he'll probably get... <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. That's like... The, 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 the day, large the, nap. Yeah. The day is going to get off to a shocker <laughs> if, uh, if, if this gets beat. Right, let's move. Uh, no, Kevin, no, sorry, if, sorry, if, Kevin. If, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just no one cares. It, it won't um, get off to a shocker if it's beat Vanessa because I'm going to nap Moctisab when he oh goes, when he oh goes and beats Cataract again. We'll be laughing. Well, that wraps up proceedings here. The day one preview done and dusted. Stay with us all week. We'll be previewing all the coming days of the Goodwood Festival and watch out for Betfair's money back and extra places. All the specials available as the week goes on. But for now, thank you very much and we will see you tomorrow.